friends, and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. I am Mark Heath. I'm your host. I'm back after a day off on Tuesday, which the boys uh, handled ably without me. Um, today, of course, is the usual mailbag podcast. We've got some other stuff to get through first before we get to your questions. And you'll notice, of course, that alongside the, the two wise men, um, Hutch Hogan and Dr. Stuart Watson, our usual fourth wheel, Ross Halls, is not with us. Uh, and that's because there's been some news uh, to bring you, really, which is going to affect the podcast going forward. So yesterday was was not a, was not a great day on the on the sports desk. Essentially, um, a lot of us now are being furloughed. Um, so Ross has been furloughed, and Dr. Watson himself has taken up the offer to go on furlough from Monday, which will leave just the two of us, Hutchie, me and you, manning the Suffolk sports desk. Mm. I'm, the, I'm the captain, obviously, going down with the ship. You're my uh, my second in command, um, so we should just talk about that, really, boys. Stewie, do you want to do you want to open things up? Obviously, you're the one taking the decision. Just talk a little bit about why you did it and, and, and what you're planning, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, you you obviously the the powers that be came to you as my line manager and said we had to go down from what have we gone down from a six man team yeah. down to two. So you came looking for some volunteers and. Uh, as the numbers withered, I put my hand up and said, I'll do it. So, um, yeah, chance to spend a bit of quality time with, with my two girls over the next um, over the next month or so. Um, so, yeah, that's about it, really. I mean, obviously, a lot of people listening to this out there, members of the KOA Army, will find themselves in the same position, um, asking, uh, being asked to, to furlough or maybe volunteering. Uh, and obviously, it's not an ideal situation. Um, never something I, I thought we'd ever see. Um, but as you say, a chance to to spend some some quality family time, maybe. I mean, this sort of stuff, this opportunity will never really come along again. You'd have to think to have that kind of time, obviously, because normally you're on the road pretty much constantly at weekends and stuff. And although it's obviously not ideal, is, are you looking forward to to spending that time and and having that month? Yeah, yeah, I think. Um... I am. Yeah, it's, it's obviously going to be 80% pay, but spending is massively down at the moment. We're not petrol, no petrol costs, no going out costs, no usual spending. So uh, we've done the sums. So hopefully we won't be too much worse off. And uh, yeah, it'll be nice to to give uh, my wife a hand because uh, my little girl is very much in the in the tantrums stage at the moment. So she, she probably needs a, the two of us to kind of... Uh, to keep her in check over the next uh, few weeks so yeah it will be nice and in, in a strange way in obviously difficult circumstances i'm i'm uh, i'm looking forward to it um yeah. i'll miss doing some writing because I've, en- I've enjoyed doing some slightly different pieces getting off the, the hamster wheel of the press conferences and and the games and stuff and doing some some isolation interviews and, and stuff but um everyone will be in uh, very able hands with you too i'm sure mm. we shall miss you we shall miss you as will as will the people and obviously, Bosco as well will be much missed. And the big porker himself, I noticed, uh, was on was on Tuesday's pod. Fantastic to have a, a guest spot from Mike Bacon. Um, Hutchie, we've not heard from you yet. How how are you, my friend? How are you feeling? What are you doing? How's things? What we're doing? Just yeah. recording a podcast. Um, yeah. I'm currently currently munching my way through a bag of tortilla chips. Yeah. Which, um, which is serving me well. Um, my wife doesn't know they're here. They're in a little drawer next to my desk. <laughs> they're mine. They're for me. 
um their advice and they're lovely and they're getting me through so uh nice are they with are, are they a guilty pleasure we're talking before we started recording they're 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 basically lightly salted tortilla chips which for me are like crack um <laughs> are, they the same, are they the same for you i could smash a whole bag of that without even worrying about it mate prawn crackers has been the real issue during has lockdown it? so far yeah supermarket branded prawn crackers yeah have been a, a an issue so far but I've, I've moved on um trying something new people are learning languages aren't they um, yeah i've moved on to a, a different kind of crisp so um yeah that's that's me stewie what's your advice been everyone will have a vice in this lockdown period obviously as i said i've alluded to before it's kind of like Christmas rules in terms of eating and drinking um, for, for an extended period. So you've got to watch yourself. Um, what, what's your little uh, lockdown guilty pleasure been food-wise, Stewie? This is my third packet of chocolate hobnobs since lockdown started. So I'm about two and a half packets deep into those. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not unusual to maybe have three or four of them in, in one sitting. Um, Plenty of cups of tea going down. Yeah, solid. To be fair, if you're going to pick a biscuit, chocolate hobnob, probably the king of them all, before you get into artisan biscuits. Uh, this, is a di- this is a digestive, it's not hobnob. Oh, sorry, I thought you said hobnob. Anyway, maybe you should fl- switch it up to hobnobs. Uh, my my weakness has always been savoury things, and cheese scones particularly uh, have been hitting the waistline hard, shall we say, boys, in this period. <laughs> Um, all right then, let's talk a little bit about football, shall we, before we get into mailbag. Um, there's been a little bit of news we can talk about, Ipswich Town-wise, before we get on to the, the questions from the people. Um, we had some quotes come out yesterday from uh, Leo Neal, talking, obviously, the big question is uh, about the future of football and when the season might start again. Um, and Stewie, can you just bring us up to speed with, with what he said there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, basically that um, football will return, but he can't see it being played in front of fans for a very long time. Mm. And uh, if football does return, it probably won't be football as we know it. That was essentially the, the crux of those latest quotes. Yeah. And right across the world, obviously, we're seeing this. I know in America, Hutchie, you're wearing a, a nice uh, Raiders American football jersey there, or hoodie, to be more accurate. And they're talking about leagues not starting again until September at least, and and, and games being in empty stadiums and all sorts. Um, there were some crazy things I saw about the NHL trying to quarantine all of its players in a hotel. Did you see that? Yeah. And then yeah. play games kind of in a round robin almost sort of thing. It's just crazy. Stuff. Yeah, they're doing the same. They're saying the same about the NBA. They're, trying, they're thinking about cramming 30 NBA teams into somewhere in LA, LA yeah. and using the Lakers and Clippers kind of practice buildings. Yes, the two venues and um, getting it done. So, yeah, it's, uh, there are some mad schemes going by, around the world at the moment. By far the best is, the, of course, my particular passion, MMA. Did you see that um, UFC owner, president, chief, chief high kahuna, um, Dana White, basically um, saying that they, they're going to have a fight island. He's going to he's going to purchase an island in the middle of nowhere fly all the fighters in, quarantine them for a period, have them fight, then quarantine again and fly out. <laughs> Which Some is... kind of fight to the death 
scheme. Well, that is basically the story for uh, for Enter the Dragon, isn't it? Bruce Lee goes on to an island where they all fight to the. Well, obviously, they're going to be fighting to the death in 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 the UFC, but um, yeah, that's essentially the story of a film. So there you go. Does he um, um does he fight Bob Wall in in Enter the Dragon? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought I wondered if it was Way of the Dragon. Uh, I might be wrong, but I think it, yeah, I think Enter the Dragon's also is that also the one that's got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the uh, the seven foot two basketball player. I think it is more uh, more I like ball in both. Huh? He, does he? Yeah. Okay, I've not seen him. And he fights Bruce Lee in Way of the Dragon. Ah, okay. There we go. I didn't know you were a Bruce Lee aficionado, Stewie. Uh, no, we've just descended into the realms of the office again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you keep, you always get me with this stuff. I assume you're, like, you're having a genuine conversation and then you're kind of giggling. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I, sh- I tell you what I won't miss. I won't miss that when Stewie's not with us, my friend. <laughs> sorry. Um, that's all right. Uh, you got me. Uh, boys, so season, um, as, as O'Neill says, when it returns, if it returns looking like it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, in terms of in terms of season ticket payments, which obviously the club were still taking, is there any update on that, um, Stewie? Uh, no, no, they're, they're very much just in constant discussions about what they're going to do about that. They can't really make any decision on it until they know how the season or if the season is going to finish. Um so yeah, that's why they took the the monthly direct debits at um, at the start of this month. And I and I guess if we're getting into the start of May and the, the conversation is still the same, then um, then then they'll take the payments again. Mm. So um, that's where they're at with, with those at the moment. Um. And you say that, but Marcus Evans has been quite involved with uh, with various things going on. So, can you give a little insight into into that? Uh, yeah. Um, hang on a sec. Right. I had some music playing in one of my browsers in the background. I don't know if you could still hear that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Marcus Evans. I've been quite surprised actually speaking to a few people at the, the, the club that work closely with with Marcus. I, I kind of said to them, I assume that Ipswich Town isn't top of his priorities at the moment because his, you know, a big part of his business is conferences and um, obviously sort of hospitality as well. So all, all types of business that are going to be massively hit by the coronavirus. Mm. Um, but from what I'm told, Ipswich Town is he's being really hands-on with things at the moment to, to the point where he is actually having um, direct phone calls with Rick Parry, the, the chief of the EFL, putting forward um, his own ideas for how he believes the season should finish and how they should proceed. Um, I think he's frustrated that they keep setting these sort of uh, short-term renewal dates. You know, it's uh, it's April, then it's May, now it's June. I think he's of the opinion that they should just set a date further down the line that they should try and finish this season as long as that takes and then look at some way of adapting next season. Um, how feasible that will be with obviously the Euros coming up at the back end of next season. 
I don't know. I mean, we've we've talked about, you know, maybe you scrap a cup competition or you play each other once, but then you scrap a cup competition. There's there's commercial issues with that. I'm sure the FA aren't going to just suddenly say, oh, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll postpone the FA Cup and there's sponsorship involved and stuff like that. So uh, that I don't know. But but Evans very much has, has got his own ideas on things. And I think ultimately the most important thing is here is he's hoping having been one of the original uh, cheerleaders for financial fair play and making sure it's a proper level playing field for everybody, mm-hmm. um, he's hoping that this will finally be the wake-up call that forces the authorities to to really take financial fair play seriously. Because they've, they've tried in the last few years, but let's be honest, there's been no real bite to the punishments in, in place, has there? So mm-hmm. may, maybe, this will, maybe this will help owners like Marcus that can't keep up with with the mega spending in the game yeah and you were saying as well there's a meeting um, this friday premier league meeting about potentially setting june 30th as a cutoff to complete the season actually which uh if that is the case that that seems quite ambitious yeah well what was it the other day we we're talking about june the 6th as being yeah. the return the return date and then they were talking about 56 days to get the season done that that math doesn't work so um that points towards a a cancellation a calling off doesn't it really um we'll see there's a lot of a lot of dates getting chucked around at the moment but none of them have any kind of end game they're all kind of moving forward all the time so i think i think we'll just wait we'll just wait and see but if there's a june the 30th cutoff i'd be very dubious as to whether that would that would allow anything to be concluded other than just a cancellation. Yeah, I think this is all pointing towards null and void. The longer this goes on, I just can't see any way out of it. Um, if if there, a lot of the reports are saying that the authorities are keen to prioritise next season over this season. They don't want to disrupt the integrity of next year. So. To me, that points towards, you know, the, the reason they've got this June the 30th cutoff point is because of it's going to get messy with contracts expiring then. Mm. Yes, they can talk about they become rolling contracts. But if you're coming out of contract and you know you were going to want to move, are you going to want to commit to one of these rolling contracts and potentially get injured for a club that you know you're not going to be at anymore? It's going to get really messy. The transfer window opens. My big fear is that they they try and come up with some horrible way where they there's a lot of talk about how they'll promote Leeds and West Brom and make it a 22 team Premier League, and that will satisfy the broadcasters because they'll get extra games to broadcast on TV. So Sky and BT won't come looking for a rebate on their their money this year. Mm. But you can't start promoting some teams and not others and. I don't, I don't like the sound of that at all. But I can see that money talks, and and it may just be heading down that route. That sounds like a legal minefield, though. If they just literally just pick Leeds and West Brom, what, and the rest of the leagues are just kind of left to kind of fester, that's going to be hugely problematic, isn't it? Is that just on the Premier League, though? Is that is that what this Premier League meeting is about discussing? Because that's that's all their jurisdiction would cover, isn't it? The EFL would then have to, the EFL would then need to come up with their own plan from there from there on in mm. which clearly if the Premier League cancel the season the EFL will cancel their season as well but then it's but then it's just about about who's promoted and think who's you, 
He's Everyone else follows the tune of the Premier League. We know that. Yeah. They're the ones yeah. with the money. They're the ones that pass the solidarity payments a few crumbs down down the ladder that keeps everyone else sustainable. So if the Premier League decides that that's what they want to do and the Premier League in, in turn are kind of um, held accountable by the TV money because that's that's where the big, big bucks come from. So I guess ultimately whatever the TV companies want is kind of what will happen, I imagine. So um, we'll see. The TV companies are going to be gagging to have leads in the in the Premier League, aren't they? Yep. With the fan base that comes with that. And we know from how much Leeds are on Sky Sports as a championship club that they clearly, clearly bring in the pounds. So um, from a pure financial point of view, it's going to pay the TV companies to have Leeds United in the top flight. Mm-hmm. And they've probably and look, they probably deserved it as well, finally. Before we go on to Mailbag, boys, um, did you see the, the groundbreaking bit of investigative journalism I, I did earlier today? The Pools panel have predicted the season so far. Uh, Town are on a three-match winning streak at the moment, going into this weekend's game against Rochdale. They lost <laughs> They lost against Bristol Rovers. They lost at home to Portsmouth, uh, but then they went on a tear. They, uh, they beat Southend, they beat Bolton, and they beat Shrewsbury on, uh, on Easter Monday, just gone. So that's the good news. The bad news, unfortunately, is they're still in 10th place. What's the gap? What's the gap, the gap to the, the playoffs? Gap, the gap, I'm afraid, is 11 points to the playoffs with with three games left. So that's it. Those, um, slim, hopes, those slim hopes have gone. So what you're saying is Ipswich aren't going up this season. That is, I'm afraid, breaking news. That oh. is, that's official. Oh. That's officially the verdict of the pools panel. Yeah, oh, I am. No. Put that up, I put that for a lunchtime web story and have been roundly mocked. Some would say deservedly. Anyway, it's a bit of fun. Lighten up, people. Um, talking of lightening up, let's get on to mailbag. Hutchie. Why don't, Why we, don't all, we... we sing it together? One last ah. time. Go on then. Ready. <laughs> Three, two, one. Mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark Candy Stew, not Ross, to do the mailbag. <laughs> that was great. That was shambolic, as we, as we all included Ross. So I have it. Um, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Thomas, friend of the show. Number five, I think he is. Uh, Matt wants to know, with a return to matches with crowds seeming to be a way off, regale us with a time in work slash private life, you wish there had been a crowd watching to share the greatness slash joy. The thing that immediately springs to mind with me, boys, is the the epic um, games of catch the mint in your gob that we play in the in the office. Um, and I remember particularly one time, I think there was three or four in a row, culminating with Hutchie throwing himself backwards in a chair across the office, catching it in the corner of the end zone, Randy Moss style, in his mouth. We all celebrated wildly and everyone looked at us like we were crackers. No one appreciated just what we'd achieved. So that would have been... That Can would've... I point out this isn't the same mint being transferred yeah. <laughs> orifice, orifice this is very much just consecutive mints being thrown in one person's direction important clarification <laughs> what about you boys anything that you've you've achieved in your life that was done to uh, an empty an empty uh, an empty audience if you like a blank i don't know if i've told this story on the podcast before or not yeah. But there's very much one contender yes. for this 
Um, not going to be sexual, is it? No, very much not. <laughs> um, me and my brother, we were on a little family weekend away. We, I think, I think it was a cottage, maybe in the New Forest somewhere. I don't know. We were delivered in the morning a, a nice twelve pack of freshly laid eggs from the adjacent farm, and uh, we decided that it would be fun to try and throw the egg over the two-story house that we were staying in to the other person and try and catch it. So um, so we did. I threw it. Oh, I think my, my brother threw it first over a two-story house. I caught the egg. Soft hands, perfect landing. Yeah. And I threw it yeah. back. He caught the egg. Soft hands, perfect landing. And we went absolutely mad absolutely mad with that achievement it's it's the best thing that i've ever done in my life and and nobody saw it unbelievable well are we talking a bungalow here are we talking no 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 two-story house you both have got arms like cannons then as well yep nice stewie can you match that um certainly nothing oh what is that ticking noise not good. It's there a bomb. Go. I can't Fifth. hear it. Um, nothing, nothing sexually I've ever done would have, would have given <laughs> a, uh, an audience. That's for sure. Um, Andy, and I, Andy and I completed stall ball, didn't we? Which led uh, to yes, of course. The uh, what is it called? A gift that you yeah. uh, created of our yeah. celebrations afterwards, because Ross was there to capture it on film. Yeah. Um, we film our our um boot room videos in in the shower at Archant because that's the only place that uh, we're allowed to film in so um, in there is like a little stall for people that need to have a little sit down in the shower there's a clearance of about three millimeters either side of the ball going through the two legs of the stall and the game is that um, I use the underside of my foot to roll the ball through one set of legs and then Andy, at a 90-degree angle, puts his foot in through another set of legs and drags the ball out. So the margins are slim. And I would say after about 50-plus takes, we completed it. And it was absolute absolute scenes, absolute limbs. Yeah. The video, I think the video is actually on our social media. If you go to Kings of Anglia Twitter, I think it's on there, as is the GIF, which uh, I was trying to get people to share as a caption competition. You've got some... Some good ones on there. Stewie, I thought yours was one of the best, actually, with the um, when the missus comes home, the toddler's in bed, and she's got beer and snacks. You high-five each other and verily celebrate. There you go, Matt. Um, next question from another friend of the show, Harvey Davis, who wants to do the uh, the honours. Friend of the show. Sweet Welsh Prince. Uh, Harvey Davis, he wants to know... And this is relatable, as they say. What's the most extravagant slash random purchase you've made to keep you and your family entertained during lockdown? He says, I've just got a table tennis for the back garden and I'm already loving it. And he's got, he sent us a picture. Harvey, your, your garden is immense, my friend. What are you earning? Someone's it's nearly doing... an acre. It is. I think that, that makes you one of the landed gentry looking at the, the acreage. Um, so what have, you, what have you bought, boys, in lockdown to keep you entertained? Hutchie, you were saying you bought a tent. For the house, yeah, it's yeah. a little, um, a little play tent. Um, it's probably not as extravagant as uh, a table tennis table. It was like eight quid, but 
Mm. My little girl loves it. But the um, I think I was on here the other day. The uh, the massager. Um, of course, yeah. It's probably the, the the best purchase of lockdown so far. We've had lots of little deliveries because we're we're stocking up for my little girl's birthday next week. So, oh, wow. uh, so we've got some um, lots of little things have been arriving for her, but mm. including a bike. Don't tell her. Oh my goodness! How old yeah. is she next week? Uh, she's two on a week today. Oh, brilliant! Fantastic. Um, that'll be a, a birthday unlike any other that she, I mean, yeah. she may not remember it, but in her lifetime, I, yeah. I don't know if she'll ever have a birthday like that. Stewie, what about you? Um, technically, I haven't bought this during the lockdown. I bought it last summer, but I think I said before we bought a bouncy castle rather than hiring one. Um, it's, it's a small bouncy castle. Adults can't go on it, but it was cheaper to buy one than, than hire one. And that's proved a bit of a lifesaver during the current situation. Just plug it in. It's up in a in a matter of seconds, and that that's kept her amused. Yeah, outstanding. My one is definitely Lego. I've become a Lego person. Um, I've long I've long mocked people who do Lego, um, but my brother-in-law got given a, a London bus, and I was amazed by how detailed it was. So with lockdown on, and looking for things to do, we purchased the Statue of Liberty for a, the princely sum of ninety pounds. My goodness, boys. What a lot of fun. Took us four days. 90 quid. Took us four days to build. It's like a good sort of two foot high. Absolutely spot on. You get little facts as you're building it. It is brilliant. I can't recommend it enough. So we finished that now. Currently in the stage of buying some lights to illuminate it for display. Serious business. Lego is not for kids, all right? Um, And we've just bought a Ford Mustang, complete with proper engine, lighting, all sorts. 120 quid. So there you go. That's what I've been doing with my time. The Lego man. The Lego man. Hit me up if you're if you're also a Lego fan. It is tremendous. Get on board. I um, wanted to work at Legoland. I think I've said this before when I was yeah. a kid. Bloody love Lego. I want to get involved. It's called Lego architecture, isn't it? The stuff yes. you're talking about. Yeah. It's very good. That. Yeah, it, it is good. Honestly, if anyone's thinking, I need something to do, a bit of a challenge, hit up the Lego website. There's a lot of stuff on there. Nigel G. Friend of the show. Number nine. Nine. With a bass. NHS hero, Nigel G. Thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> the, hashtag, the hashtag honey badger, honey badger emojis, previously said he, he pays three million for a flake. I can't remember that. You remember that? He did yeah. when he was talking about Wolfenden, didn't he? he uh, that's right. When, there yeah. was, when he was reportedly linked to Sheffield United for three million pounds, and he said, three million pounds doesn't even buy you a flake these days." <laughs> and they say football people are out of touch. With exactly. Exactly. Uh, Nigel, anyway, he says uh, Lambert's weekly food shopping bill must be crazy, and then he adds, "What is the most overpriced thing you've ever bought?" Hope all in KOA Army are okay. Hashtag. Stay home, save lives. Thank you, Nigel. So from extravagant purchase for lockdown to the most overpriced thing you've ever bought, is there anything that springs to mind? Um, um, yeah, our back door. Yes, um, that's a great sell. It's, it's a great door. Love that got no complaints over the door, but we were left in a situation where our previous back door became unusable. 
because yeah, the yeah. wood, the wood and the frame had both warped to the extent you couldn't even open it. So we replaced the back door, um, but had we held on and replaced the back door at the same time as we replaced all of the windows in our house, this is really boring, isn't it? Um, yeah. We would have got the door for a significantly cheaper sum yeah, than we yeah. did. So we paid a lot of money for our back door. We're currently we're supposed to be getting a new front door that was going to be fixed the day the day after lockdown was announced. We're going to get a nice new front door, but that's been delayed sadly. What are we talking on the front door? Um, it, the colour is anthracite, which is wow. kind of a, a grey. It's pretty. It's a pretty standard door, but um. Similar issues, really, with the framing and the uh, the old wooden door that we had on. It's, a, it's an older house that we've got. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we, it, it doesn't open very easily, but don't go out of our front door anymore. So it's not a, not a problem. Mine would definitely be the front door that we've got. We, um, we had, when we bought this house, it was a rickety old kind of PVC front door with a lot of glass in it, which didn't feel at all secure. So eventually we upgraded. Uh, we've got... It's best described as a sort of grey with little small windows in it and a huge stainless steel um, handle on the front, which runs the length of the door. It's a beautiful door, honestly. Door porn. Uh, but it set us back three and a half grand. Um, but I've got to be honest, it was worth every penny because every time I close and open it, it makes an incredibly satisfying noise. It's like it's like drawing up the drawbridge or closing the front door of a some kind of vault. It's fantastic. You've got um, tech as well, haven't you? Tech. You've got, I mean, you've got you've got doorbell door camera tech. Oh yeah, yeah, we've got the we've got the we've got the doorbell video as well, which again I'd recommend to anyone. That is brilliant because you can see anyone who ever comes to your front door or comes anywhere near your front door, which obviously we need as as massive celebrities that we all are. Um, and I'd also say on on the overpriced thing, the most boring way to spend a large sum of money in your lifetime is replacing your boiler. <laughs> two and a half grand to basically have what you already had before which is hot water and heating but one of life's necessities Stewie what have you bought that was massively overpriced um overpriced I think anytime you buy beer in London or or a big city abroad you go to Dublin or somewhere like that or I know actually you've been to Denmark where it's quite pricey and there's always the shock the first time you go, and and then you two pints, please. Yeah, that will be uh, not much change from twenty pounds. Huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, won't be getting drunk here then. Um, yeah. yeah, overpriced. I, I'm sure there's probably things that I've paid like entrance to abroad where you've paid money to go in, seen it in about five minutes flat, and then walked out again and thought that was a complete waste. I can't think off the top of my head at the minute. Is there things that you must? There's things you must have done that. Uh, Mainly, like English nightclubs that I've spent yeah. money to get in, and within four, like three or four minutes, I'm yeah. like, that's a waste of money. Great shout! Great shout! You never go out anymore, like as much as you used to when you're younger, and then you convince yourself you're out of all your mates. You've got to make the most of it. I haven't been out for ages. Let's let's go on to a club when you get kicked out of a, a bar or something at midnight. Don't want to go home yet. You stand in a massive queue, get really cold, sober up, feel really old. All right, we're in the queue now. All right, well, let's see this through. Ten pounds, please. 
Like you okay, here you go. Feel very old. Immediately turn around and go home. Great boys, show. Boys, um, can, now we're all of a certain age, we don't have to pretend that we like nightclubs anymore. Um, have any of you, could any of you genuinely say that you did ever enjoy nightclubs? I certainly couldn't. Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah. They're dreadful places. Um, can't you say you can't have any conversations? There's no good drink on offer. <laughs> yeah, I would. I've I've had some good times in them. Mm. I wouldn't say I ever really liked them, but I've definitely had some good times in them in the past. But I'd much rather. Uh, when I was at uni, there was this this bar in Leicester called um I think it was called Firefly. Yeah, and that was yeah. just a nice bar that was open till five a.m. and I spent a lot of time in there, rather than that, rather than going to Mosh, Sumo, Zanzibar, <laughs> any of those, any of those places. Liquid. Give me, home give party, me five home parties as well in nightclubs. Worst things ever. What is the point? Never been. I've never been to a phone party. Just, just it's just a complete waste of time and everyone's effort. Anyway. I went to one in Ayanapa when I was about 18 and genuinely thought I was going to die. There was that much foam that came out and <laughs> coming from the ceiling and just didn't stop. Yeah. Where I was buried about six <laughs> foot, completely lost my bearings. What a way to go. This is Drown, me. Huh? Drowning at a foam party. <laughs> I got severely burnt as well in the first few days there and that, did no, that didn't help at all. All that soapy... Yeah, all that soapy goodness over my sunburn. Good times. A lot of favours. Okay, uh, Luke Penning. Now, this question I want to know. I haven't listened to Tuesdays back, but I know Mike Bacon was on the show because uh, Luke has asked, "What's your favourite type of cheese?" Which is basically Mike Bacon's go-to question uh, whenever we do anything that involves questions. That's Mike's question. So, did he pose that on Tuesday? I think right. so. Okay, so Luke has. Luke has, uh, has asked the big porkers question, what's your favourite type of cheese? Melted cheese. <laughs> Just any sort of melted cheese. Um, I would say halloumi cheese would be my favourite. Yeah, nutty. Mm. Quality. How about you, Stewie? Um, is that a Stephen Gerrard quote, by the way? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm bang into Red Leicester at the moment. It's nice. Go to yeah, Red Leicester on some crackers as a, as a late night snack is uh, yeah. is something that's happening for me. Cheese is one of life's great pleasures. I find ne never trust anyone. This is another one of Heath's rules of life. Never trust anyone who says they don't like cheese because that person can't be trusted. Um, I would say cheese wise, definitely a, a nice Stilton, nice strong Stilton. I like you going with the classic cheddar, strong cheddar, extra mature cheddar, Edam. Halloumi, like you say, a bit of Gouda. One of, another one of life's great delights, boys, and I'm sure you've both done this, uh, in Amsterdam, is just wandering into one of them cheese shops and essentially making your lunch of all the samples on offer, <laughs> which, is, which is brilliant. Mm. Um, right then, next question from Arthur Pickthorne, King Arthur Pickthorne, a football question. He wants to know, and this is, this is going to be good for probably you, Hutchie, Coochie and Bent or Murphy and McGoldrick? Uh, Coochie and Bent, every... Every time. Yeah. yeah. Stuart, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, same. Slightly before my time of watching Ipswich, but there's some more pace in there. There's some more energy. 
Um, probably more goals as well. So, well, definitely more goals. Um, it's got to be, isn't it? Did you see um, did you see Dazza having a little bit of a pop at town, by the way? They put something out in it about a five-a-side team um, with various tierings of players by money. And you had to build a team for 15 quid. And Darren Bent was on there at two pounds. He was not having it. Someone else pointed out <laughs> that Ted Phillips was on there for three pounds, which was even more of a disgrace. Um, famously, the most the hardest shot in football. So interesting. Peter Dwerry House, the man who always comes with the fire. Imagine you are on top of a 40 story building. There's a giant inflatable landing pad at street level. And it's big enough that you have an 85 percent chance of surviving the jump. Would you jump off to save a friend's life? Peter's obviously some kind of philosopher because he always comes with these kind of real uh, philosophical thinking questions. Death as well. There's always a percentage chance of death. <laughs> they, to be fair, they do, don't they? It's usually to do with, with gambling your life in some way. Um, I guess the answer for me is depends which friend. Yeah, and why why is their life in danger? He's not he's not added that. I'm he... about to run out into the road and you can see this from the top of your lofty perch. Yeah. You can jump and pull them back just in time. Yeah. Define friend. It'd have to be a very good friend, wouldn't it? For an, you've got a 15% chance of dying. That's going to have to be, what I mean, one of your best friends. Um, if not, your life partner, surely. Almost a one in five chance that you're going to... You're going to crack it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not jumping. No, too, I think... many, too many unknown variable variables yeah, here. We need more information for that. Um, Paul M. Still oh. not convinced he's the real Paul McCartney. Uh, if it ever came down to someone trying to fight you guys individually, do you reckon you could all hold yourself in a tear up? <laughs> Obviously not against the, against Mike Tyson, but just a bloke on the street. <laughs> well, Hutcher, you've famously been punched by a bloke on the street um, randomly, <laughs> took it on yeah. the chin, walked on. Yeah, iron chin like Muhammad Ali. Um, so there you go. Does that does that count as holding my own though? It wasn't a tear. It wasn't a tear up. I just got no. punched. When I was walking down the road. Yeah. By who? Why? When? We've told this um, before, haven't we? I've definitely told you. I don't know if it was on. Okay. One of these. Um, when I was walking down, um, I was with my. Well, he's now my wife. Actually, we were probably. 17, 18 at the time, walking down um, Tackett Street in Ipswich, late late of an evening, and I uh, was just walking past the, the exit to what was a nightclub there. Um, I don't know where we'd been, and some guy just punched me in the face. No idea. Just no just idea who he was. Ate it like lunch, yeah. though. You say in the MMA trade, just ate it up. Yeah, I was really annoyed. I was very yeah. irritated, and I asked him what he was doing. It was quite a hard punch as well. Was it? But, um, yeah, I was trying to impress Vicky at the time. So <laughs> um, just was like, oh, yeah, what? Didn't even feel it. Walked yeah. on. Yeah. Maybe you've missed out on a career in boxing. You could have been like, you know, the Homer character in Simpsons when he takes on um, Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> because essentially he can, he can absorb any blow. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be winning. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be landing any, any haymakers or anything, though. My reach <laughs> isn't great. The best thing, obviously, I come from a, a, a martial arts slash fighting background. And the best thing um, that usually ever happens in gyms is probably once or twice a year, you get someone come in who describes themselves as a street fighter. These people 
never ever last longer than about two sessions because they realize a they've got no idea what they're doing they can't punch and b they can't take a punch either so they're usually um <laughs> roundly handled in the first time they get in there sparring wise and we never see them again so and also don't get into street fights not big it's not clever it's very dangerous um george do you think the supposed shortened break between the two seasons will help keep hold of the likes of Downs, Wolfenden and Dizelle for another transfer window? So that's the big question. We talked about it before, isn't it? If there is going to be a, a shorter break between the end of this season, if it, if it finishes, and the start of next season, you've got, A, you've got less time to do any kind of manager change business, but also player turnover. So could that work out, do you think, in terms of Downs, Wolfenden and Dizelle? Um I'd say not just not just the shortened break, but the the impact that this might have on championship club finance potentially. Yeah. Um, um, there's even talk of championship bringing in like salary caps and and things, and the championship is going to be very hard hit by this because of just the model that the championship clubs are largely built on in terms of overspending their income. And yeah, it might do. It might. It might not. It, it, I guess it, a lot of it might depend on how Ipswich come through this in terms of finance as well. But um, I think the world of transfer, football transfers, is going to change, and I don't know if we quite know how. But I think there's going to be there'll be a change there. Yeah. Sorry, Siri, come on. I was just going to say on the flip on the flip side of that though, if Championship clubs are trying to get their finances in order a bit more. Are the wages that are required for a Downs or a Wolfenden recruiting from lower down going to be cheaper than perhaps their A slash B level signings that they would have gone for? Maybe they now look to a Downs or Wolfenden, but whether Ipswich would feel they're in a good negotiating position for a transfer fee, I don't know. I know something that I've spoken to people at the club and I know this is something that's been forgotten about throughout all of this, but the Brexit impact and how that's going to put an even bigger premium potentially on, on English players because of the way that could potentially change the rules surrounding uh, European players or players coming in from abroad as well. So that that's another factor with, with those two to consider. But uh, Andy's right. I think it's there's going to be some big changes in the way that transfers happen, um, which we probably don't really fully comprehend at this moment in time. Let me put you on the spot, boys. Those three then, Downs, Wolfenden and Dazell. Who will still be a town player at the start of next season? Or is it is it too early to say? Town aren't going up. So, what do you reckon? When's, When's next season? Well, big question. But when next season starts, town will still be in League One, no matter what happens. Which means the likes of Downs, Wolfenden and Dizelle, the crown jewels of the, of the youngsters, um, will be saleable assets. So, what do you reckon? Will they all still be here next season? Be amazed if all three are still here. Mm. Um, would have been my instinct before all this happened. Um, Dazelle's obviously in a slightly different situation because of his his contract running out. Um, you would imagine they'll be taking the one year option on that, even if it's just to protect themselves from a, a transfer fee side of things. But I should think he's probably starting to look that his future's elsewhere, given his continued limited game time. Uh, I get the feeling that they'll probably, to make the improvements to the squad across 
several positions that Lambert clearly feels he needs to, that is going to require probably a decent fee for at least one of Wolfenden or Downs. I think that's probably the situation that they're in. Mm. Okay. Ross, Andy? Oh. I honestly have no idea. Um, that was the situation before, before all of this, but I've got honestly got no idea how football is going to come out the other end of this. Um, but yeah, that that was the situation before, before uh, the world changed. Okay, Ross Wishart wants to know: you can only save one, the bourbon or the custard cream. Custard cream every time. I think I'm going bourbon. Uh, casting vote just about goes to custard cream. Yes. Controversial. Ross also wants to know, can we release the KOA pod outro? If you coordinate all the KOA army to download it simultaneously, you've got a hit. There you go. It could be number one in the charts. Big Chris Warren sitting at the top of the charts, Andy. How do you how do you release a song into the charts? Like no idea. How do you do it? <laughs> Let's find out. Once it gets on iTunes now, does that because it's all downloads count towards it, don't they? So I don't know. Do we need a record label? Chris position records. Chris Chris is Chris is a musician, isn't he? So as well as being a teacher, so he must know stuff like this. Um I'm not sure he's quite that advanced. I'm going to have some time on my hands now, so yeah. uh, I'll look into it. Can you, coordinate, can you coordinate his taking over the pop landscape, Stewie, while you're on furlough? Sure, no worries. Fantastic. Uh, the pin. Friend of the show. The little pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Deuce. Um, he says, no end to this season is the best thing that could happen to Ipswich. A resumption of the season will just bring in a few quid. Regroup in the summer, get rid of the honey badger, plus a load of players, including Hughes, Dizel and Keane, and we might just reach the playoffs. So he's he's wanting Dizel out as well as Hughes and Keane. What, what are you thinking on that? Uh, yeah, if I was in Ipswich position and I wouldn't be gagging to get this season finished, put it that way, I wouldn't be one of the clubs that there will be a, several clubs that probably rally against uh, a null and void situation but it, the noise from Ipswich is that for the competition integrity we need to get this done and Lambert saying we're you know we're still in with a shout they're, they're not really mm. and for the sake of finishing well they got five more home games if you're playing them in front of empty stadiums anyway are you getting getting that you're not exactly even clawing that much in, income back from them yeah it's just I'd be quite happy to let this season uh get done and finished to be honest and then in terms of who who they let go this this summer uh Keane's another one out of contract has he has he done enough this year probably on a on a decent wage I, I don't know maybe that could if you're looking to freshen things up certainly at that top end of the pitch that that might be an area that they're looking at um Hughes has got still major question marks against him in terms of fitness yes they've got him playing more regularly but there was a time, wasn't there, around sort of just after Christmas where we were thinking, okay, he's kicking on here. He's, you know, he's starting to to get going again. But he went backwards a little bit after that. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's just time to move on from from one or two of these players that haven't quite done it this year. Mm. I think you'd, you'd do well to move Emir Hughes on 
this mm. summer. Though. He's still got one more one more year on that big four-year contract that he signed uh, when his loan became a permanent move. Um, that might be a question for the summer of 2021 rather yeah. than uh, rather than now. What about the other big question that's 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 in there? It's not really a question; it's a statement. Get rid of Lambert. Can you see any way that Lambert departs Portman Road? Um, this is this is mm. take the heat off of him, no doubt about it. This 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 pausing things here at the moment. You know, it only seemed to be heading one way, didn't it? Seven seven defeats in nine. That the heat on him was was turning up big time, and I think if the season had kind of drifted to the conclusion it was heading for, then Marcus probably would have had a big decision to make, uh, you know, with the season tickets going out and everything like that. As I said, as I've said in this before, my gut instinct was, I think they, they'd have stuck with him at least until sort of that October, November time at the start of next season, giving him another transfer window, see how next season starts. So, I still see that being the case. Mm. Okay. Final question for Mailbag today then um, from an American listener who's uh, contacted us for the first time. Um, someone whose handle is at sadboylib. Um, so I hope he's not I hope he's not that sad. Uh, anyway, he says that listening to our podcast makes him laugh, which is good. Um, he's asked a, an American question or two American questions. He wants to know what's our favourite American player of all time? I assume he's talking soccer. Uh, and then he also wants to know, would you go for a Philly cheesesteak or a Pittsburgh-style sandwich? So let's start with your fer- uh, favourite American player of all time. The right answer, of course, is the mighty John Harkes, who uh, was a legend back at Derby in the day. Legend's probably slightly overringing it. Um, favourite American player? I can't remember too many. Kobe Jones, do you remember him? With the, with the dreads. Alexi Lalas, obviously, wild things. Yeah. against England in that famous friendly defeat all those years ago. What about you, boys? Mine is uh, Joe Max Moore. Do you remember him? I do, yeah. <laughs> Striker for Everton. Yeah. Um, yeah, I-, I liked him. Everton had a few few Americans, actually. They had um, Landon Donovan. He always used to come over in the, in the off-season and became a bit of a fan's favourite. Brian McBride as well. Yes. He was, uh, he, was, he was decent, played for Fulham as well, didn't he? So, but yeah, Tim Joe, Howard. Joe Max Moore. Tim Howard, of course, yeah. Yeah, all goalkeepers for me. I I used to really like Casey Keller because he looked like he should um should really have been a solicitor. Yeah, <laughs> but um was inextricably playing in goal in the Premier League. But yeah, yeah. Go, go go Casey Keller. They make great keepers. So There's Brad Friedel as yeah. well. He was a brilliant yeah. keeper, fantastic goalkeeper. Um, yeah. and also obviously they've got uh, the boy Clint Dempsey. It was, uh, it was a bit tasty, wasn't it, up front? Um, so that's favourite American players done. Now, the big question, Philly cheesesteak or Pittsburgh-style sandwich? Talk me through a Pittsburgh sandwich. I think it's basically um, like a, a glorified version of a, of a big Subway sandwich. So you've got, your, you've got your meat in there, you've got your cheese, you've got your salad, you've got your French dressing and kind of a big sub roll. Um, I think I'm right in saying that, Hutchie. I think... I think, I think... I think you. I've seen one um, in the past where you've kind of got. I think there was some kind of roast brisk, some br- brisket in there, some beef nice. brisket nice. with some chips in there. Wow! As well as like, I think there's quite a famous company in Pittsburgh that. So on another podcast I listened to, actually, they were talking about Pittsburgh sandwiches the other day. So I did. 
I did look them up. They do look quite nice, but um, probably probably a, a Philly cheese steak would get my vote because I have I've had one, so I can. Uh, I... Right, actually, it's uh, to me this looks like pastrami and cheese, lots of cheese and chips. You're right, there's chips in there. Wow. So the bread looks good right. too. Yeah, with a proper like thick slice of bloomer, white bloomer bread. Does look pretty special actually. What are you saying then, Stu? Well, my instinct was Philly cheesesteak because because they're excellent. But that that picture there has immediately made me want a Pittsburgh <laughs> sandwich. So. <laughs> I'm going to go cheesesteak, I think, purely because of that runny, that kind of runny cheese they put on it, um, which is not, it's not, it's neither melted cheese nor real cheese, is it? It's kind of cheese liquid almost. Mm. Yeah. Um, Pennsylvania know how to do a sandwich. The state yeah. of Pennsylvania, they know what they're doing. They certainly do. Thanks for your question anyway, sad boy, Lib. As I say, I hope you're not really sad. Chin up. Um, that brings us to the end of my old bag for this week and indeed for the foreseeable future, potentially. Um, so, boys, what have you got ahead of you this weekend? What are you doing? My missus is giving me a haircut on Saturday, which I'm terrified about. We've ordered some proper barber's hairdresser's scissors from Amazon. So, fingers crossed, they'd never arrive. Um, you're, not, you're not going for one of these? Well, I might have to, depending on how it turns out, mightn't I? Um, <laughs> so, that's what I'm doing this weekend. Boys, have you got anything, uh, anything planned? Moving, you know, obviously between your lounge and your kitchen and your garden, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. We might go on some sort of epic walk around the um, Mid Suffolk countryside. Um, about it. Outstanding, Hutchie. Um, we've been going on um, some long cycle rides. Yeah. So uh, yeah, probably some more of that. Very nice, Stewie. Did you, by the way, did you um, did you risk the barbecue in the end? The, the aged gas barbecue. No, I bo- I bottled it. Oh. I didn't. Think it was worth the risk. So I just just got the George Foreman out and did did a bit of grilling indoors and then and ate ate outside. But yeah, barbecue. Staying nice. the um, okay, then well, that just leaves me to say the usual stuff. Um, hit subscribe on your various podcast providers and leave us five star review on iTunes because it helps in our visibility in the charts. Uh, also, if you could follow us on all our social media, um, Kings of Anglia on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Keep up to date with what we're doing. Um, it's going to be, I guess, you would describe it as a as a slightly lessened, uh, reduced service going forward, given there's only going to be two of us left. Um, Stuart, I thought it might be might be nice. This is the last time the Kings of Anger Army are going to hear from you for a month, at least. We'll see where we all end up. Um, so I thought it might be nice if you did the outro today. What would you like to say to the people before you, you take your leave and depart on furlough? Um, stay safe, everybody. I'll see you in a month, hopefully. Bye. And there you go. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
available. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.